And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to a new episode of the We Are Me podcast. Um, as you can guess, it's not Mickey Brennan talking. Uh, Davey Rispin is here, but unfortunately Mickey has gone now to new pastures and Davey has thankfully passed the baton on to me. So look, we want to wish Mickey all the best in his new success or his new role wherever he goes. But that's him gone from the podcast now and, you know, from what we hear, a lot of people are happy. Is that right, Davey? I, I was just going to say, Al, people have been crying about for this for months on end. And thankfully, uh, the powers that be have finally listened and they've, uh, they've instated yourself. I only seen that you were, I know you're PRO of about 57 clubs as well, but you're, what's a, what's another podcast on to that, Al? <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Um, Mickey's uh, taken a little bit of a break. You got your break in Budapest uh, before Christmas and uh, the listeners got let down for a couple of days. So I said I wasn't having it on my watch. So Mickey took the couple of days off and I'll fill in for him. So it's a, it's a good substitute. And I suppose I'll have to slate him. You know, he was slating Kel Celtic last week about the soccer and that he was going to come back. And just I might come back myself, uh, back-to-back promotions for Cal Celtic, but uh, we better not get into too much. Oh, no, congratulations. He loved loved the old soccer talk, so he will. Absolutely. I mean, congratulations. And I didn't think, you know, we're recording on the Monday, and I didn't even think we'd see you before Wednesday or Thursday, the way the celebrations are going out of Kells uh, yesterday evening. But a big achievement, and we always do give the soccer its little bit of uh, fame on the podcast. So great achievement, Alan. Yeah, and look... As you know yourself, Davey, uh, like if you go through that list, there's a lot of GAA players in it. It's, you know, from, you know, the goalkeeper, Johnny Lynch from Minaldi, and then you have lads from Cortown, Canaros, Gail, Colin Kill, Kilmainham, Drumbara. Yeah. You know, so it's, a, it's like, it's a, they should be called, rather than Kell Celtic, they should be called North Mead United or something like that. But I know, look, it was good for them. And I suppose, like, they went, they were, they were 15 games unbeaten uh, to clinch the league. But, um, you know, the celebrations, they, they, they were still going last night strong and they've gone all day today as well. So yeah, they probably should be out of the pub at this stage, but uh, who knows, like, we'll say nothing, then, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Debbie, I suppose we'll, we'll start off uh, with a few of the results from last week. And, you know, there's more, obviously, inter-county. The inter-county scene was back with the football in Horland. And we obviously had the club... Um, Interprovincials as well as some All Ireland semi finals. So I suppose we start off with the O'Born Cup. We had last Wednesday evening in Strad Valley, we had Leash 112, Mead 9 points. Um, and then on Saturday, Mead backed that bad loss up with the, the made account for themselves and they beat Wexford on a scoreline of 115 to 110 in Ashburn. Um, 
Then we go on with the Q Cup game on Sunday and Mead lost to West Mead on a scoreline of 16 points to 121. That game was in Dungani on Sunday. Um, and then on to better scoreline, uh, Leinster Intermediate Final. Trim played Clara of Offaly and they won on a scoreline of 115 to 28. That was played in Park Talton. And then Unfortunately for the Dunboyne ladies, they fell to the powerhouse that is Mourne Abbey of Cork. They fell to a scoreline of 6.17 to 5 points. And then we had two Camogie games the weekend. One in the intermediate Leinster quarterfinal where Kilmesson had a comprehensive win over Nafina, 18 points to a goal. And in the junior, unfortunately, Drumree lost out to Portleash on 2.7 to 115. So Davey, I suppose we'll start off with Mead and, you know, I suppose we start off at last. We start off with, the, I suppose, the good, the bad and the ugly. We'll start off with, I suppose, the bad and the ugly and we'll get it out of the way. Uh, last Wednesday, both of us were at the game. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, strange sort of performance, wasn't it? And just a lacklustre, typical sort of opening nice performance for Mead. You know, took it took them a long time to get into their stride. Um, when they did, you know, they, they were they were a decent side in the second half, but we left ourselves too much to do, trailing one nine to two points at half time. The concession of a really sloppy goal and some really wayward and wasteful shooting as well on our behalf probably was to the detriment of us on the night. Second half was much improved, to be fair, to the substitutes who come on. Thought they did well, they equipped themselves well. The couple of lads were only called up at the at the last minute. Uh, in Connor Harnan and Adam Keeley did quite well. Um and and it was a better second half performance, but ultimately we left ourselves too much to do. And um, obviously we'll talk about the the Wexford game in a couple of minutes' time. But as you can see, we came on for that game a lot. Leash had the benefit of playing a game before we played them uh, midweek, but um, there was some concerns. There was some positives, but ultimately, Alan, I suppose it, it is only a preseason game at the end of the day, and I don't think we could really drawn too many conclusions driving home from Strap Valley on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, and that's the thing. And look, you see plenty of online, I suppose, from your keyboard warriors and all that and getting all worked up over an Auburn Cup game. Like, and as you said on the Loyal Royal podcast last week, uh, reviewing the game, you know, if anyone can name the last five winners of the Auburn Cup, you know, fair due. But yeah. what I thought was, uh, what I thought was quite amusing was and as, as you said Leash had the benefit of a game under the belt but we stood on the side of Leash um, in the first half and you know their new manager obviously Billy Cheaton very animated and you know there was a lot of encouragement from the sideline and like they were really up for the game on Wednesday night where as you said me first game took them it took them the, the 35 minutes to get going yeah, it did. Uh, Billy Sheehan was brilliant entertainment uh, to, to watch in that first half, as you mentioned, and very passionate, I suppose. That was his, his homecoming as such as well, first game um, back on Lee soil. And, and they, they were excellent, but they, they did run out of steam in the second half. And to be fair to our lads, and another positive you'd pick from it, the, the fitness looked good towards the second half and the end of the game. Uh, we kept pushing on, we created opportunities. We had a couple of really decent goal opportunities. We, we had a decent shout for a penalty as well in the midst of it. Um, so it could have been different. I think Leash were worthy winners in that. But um, you're right, it was just one of those flat games where we struggled to get to the pitch of the game in the first half. And um, at inter-county level, as you know, that, that's not just going to wash regardless of who and what you're playing. Um, but look, uh, thankfully, we, we set things right on, on Saturday and um, a much changed, but pretty 
sort of settled team as well. Like Andy went strong for the two games. I know he's been sort of hindered with COVID and injuries and Sigerson as well. Um, but overall, you'd have to say game time into the guts of 30 fellas over the space of three or four days is, is a good positive as well to take from it. Yeah, and that's it. And I suppose like, you know, as you touched on the Wexford game on Saturday, you know, being at both games, what kind of stood out the most for you, you know, from how we set up on Wednesday to how we set up on Saturday? Was there much change? Because this is a Wexford side that, you know, put six past leash. So they're by no means, uh, you know, a bad outfit. And then we go out and we beat them by five points on a scoreline of 115 to 110. So was it anything that me did better than the Wednesday or what were Wexford like? Uh, yeah, Wexford were decent. And to, to be fair to Wexford, a win would have actually qualified them for the semi-finals of the competition. So there was a kind of there was a lot riding on that game for Wexford. I think if you look at the back seven for me, you know, it was a much sort of more settled back seven to maybe the one in which that, that played on Wednesday night. As well as that midfield, we were much better. Ethan Devine, who only made a brief cameo after coming all the way from Tralee on Wednesday night started. He had a fine outing against Wexford. Um, but up front, we had a lot more kind of dash and, and panache about our play, a bit of a clinical edge as well. And that coincided with Jordy Morris returning to the team. Um, he was outstanding in the first half. He went off with a knock at half time, but he, he made a lasting impression in the first half. It got a terrific goal, missed a penalty, unlucky to hit the butt of the post, got a couple of scores as well. But the halftime introduction of Banty Conlon, who, to be fair, was one of the standout performers on Wednesday night, came on and kicked four points from play on uh, on Saturday night in Ashburn. He was really, really good. He was up for it. You could see him um, chasing everything. His movement was top-notch. His, his accuracy was fantastic as well. And, you know, 115 is a decent score to be putting up. I think Andy was more, you know, fixated on the performance naturally, um, aside from the result, which, which obviously came hand in hand. But it, it, I think it was important to get both going into that Galway game now in two weeks, Alan, you know, get a performance, but also get a bit of a result to give the lads confidence going down to Salt Hill. Yeah, and as you said there, James Conlon, Banty, like surely he's put his hand up now for selection in the in the Galway game. Like he had a great year a couple of years ago with Mead and then kind of didn't get much action last year. And, you know, I thought he was very good down in Strad Valley on Wednesday night. And then, you know, I seen the highlights of his of his game on, on Saturday and, you know, his point kicking is brilliant. Like every time he wins the ball, he's he's two, three yards in front. And like, I really, I really like James Conlon. I always say it, like I've said it mm. numerous times that, you know, to me, he's definitely, you know, one of, if not the best club forwards in the county. And, you know, it's really important for him, you know, to take that to the inter-county scene if I could be critical of him in, in any way, does he get enough goals? And, you know, for the speed he has and the turn of foot he has, like he, he will always win the ball in front. It's just backing himself, take it around that man and, you know, burying it. He had a goal chance like that. That point he got the other day, like where it was laid off by Killian O'Sullivan, you know, a good goal, goal poacher with a little sidestep and, you know, finished it in the bottom corner or something like that. But, you know, I, I do think that that's one thing that he's probably missing out. Like, Monty Conlon's probably listened to me and said, oh, yeah, sure. you do it there, no bother, Alan. But, like, him that has the ability, I just think that's that's what's going to make him, like, you know, where Jordy Morris will put it in the back of the net. 
That's what Banty has to do. I was just going to say, that's exactly what Jordy Morris did in the first half. He had a point easily at his disposal if he wanted to. He takes a dummy solo, he cuts inside, and he blasts it into the roof of the net. You know, that that is going for the juggler. It's not going to work time and time again, but if you take the gamble, it will. But but based on, as you said, what we've seen so far, to me, he's, he's, not, he's almost nailed on as a certain starter. I suppose he has got himself a bit of a, a name as a super sub and, you know, these cameo appearances over the years. But to me, he's 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 moving well as he ever has. And Andy had special praise from after the match as well, which you'll hear in the Loyal Royals. Um, so, so I'd be most definitely trusting him in. If he gets the supply of ball and the way in which he likes it, you know, he's unmarkable. You've seen it with Gail Colm Kill down through the years when he's played them. He's a very hard man to handle. And uh, yeah, hopefully he continues in that vein. Yeah, so that was uh, Meade's loss and win over Wexford in the Abon Cup. Wasn't good enough to get them out of the group, but it was Leash that went on to top the group and they went on to the semi-final. Um, on Sunday then, Meade faced West Mead in the Q Cup and, you know, fell fell out in the scoreline, lost by eight points, losing 121 to 16 points. And I know you weren't at the game because it clashed with the trim game, but I suppose could you have any kind of view on the game or yeah, like I suppose a decent test. They're gonna play Westmead, I think, third in the league. So, you know, Westmead obviously going into the All Ireland Championship proper now this year, having won the Joe McDonald last year. So a very decent game to get first first game out. Both very experimental teams, I believe. Mead were missing a, a number of sort of household regulars. Good to see Justin Coyne, a product of the underage, coming through and he he got a start. Uh, Killian Swain was another player that's come in as well. Um, and Callum O'Sullivan, who probably his game time has been limited. Um, aside from that, it was kind of tried and tested with the likes of Shane Brennan, Mickey Burke, um, you know, Paul O'Hanrahan, lads like that. I think Mead were very good in the first half. I think trailed by a point at halftime, 11 points to 10. Westmead did kind of revert to a few more experienced campaigners in the second half. And ultimately, that sort of got them over the line. I, th- I think I don't think Nick Weir will be getting overly down about it. I think they have another game now this weekend against Carlo. Um, another opportunity to try out a few guys. But at the end of the day, you're playing these teams again in the leagues. So there's no need kind of showing your hand at this stage. You know, they'll be playing Carlo. They'll be playing Westmead. Um, the league is what I'm sure Nick and the management team will be going after Alan, you know, because of the struggles of last year. So um, decent exercise. They'll probably want to get try and get a win under their belt before they go into that really tough um, league, Alliance League campaign. Yeah, and, you know, it's all about it. And no more than the O'Born Cup, the Kyoto Cup is all about just getting games into lads. You know, they finished the season off excellent last year with that, you know, pulsating win over Kerry in Park Talton. Um, a game that you commentated on. I think you, you nearly lost your voice that day as well. It was it was a brilliant, it was actually a brilliant game to watch that day. Uh, but no, they'll definitely, you know, they'll come on for the games and get themselves ready for league and then, you know, into Joe McDonough themselves where they'll be hoping to, you know, go go a little bit better than last year rather than going into the Kerry game needing a massive win to get out of the group. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that's it, just, just the start, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately getting a bit more consistency in the league going into championship will serve them well, but they're well aware of that. Yeah. Munster success and in in All-Ireland success, you know, the champions of the All-Ireland and I can't see anyone stopping them to make it a, a three in a row, but... 
Um, a scoreline of 6-17 to 5 points probably doesn't... It, it's not a scoreline that you like to see for them buying after the year they've had. But, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll take a lot of, you know, solace from the year. And, you know, Leinster champions, Mead champions, you know, a lot of them, you know, a couple of girls, a few of the girls, All-Ireland champions as well. They'll be quite happy enough with their year, Davey. Yeah, I don't think they'll get too down over it. You know, they, realistically, they weren't they weren't at all close to what you what you said was an absolutely outstanding uh, team in in Moore Abbey, who I think have won seven monsters on the spin and are they're going for the third All Ireland in a row as well. I think you know, so I I'm not going to start whinging about excuses and all that. I do think it was an awful sort of trek for Dunboyne to have to go down there to play an All-Ireland semi-final in their backyard. I don't think that's all that fair, but that wasn't the be-all and end-all. You know, they were comprehensively beaten. A couple of the girls, as you mentioned, the, the likes of Vicky, Shelley and, and Emma Duggan and Ali O'Sullivan, they've been playing kind of consistently now for 12 or 13 months. I think a little bit of a break prior to the league commencing with Mead isn't going to do them any harm. Um, but the other girls, I'm sure, will most definitely be featuring for Eamon Murray's side as well because... You know, they've been outstanding champions in Mead. They could go on and dominate in Mead now for a number of years to come. They've got that Leinster sort of burden off their back as well. And yes, they'll be disappointed with the way in which the year finished. That's natural. But when they reflect on it, as you said, they'll be immensely proud of their achievements. Yeah, and as you said, like, probably what's needed and you see with the likes of Moran Abbey and you see it with a lot of club teams in, in both in male and female you know, it's the teams that are consistently winning their county championships. They're the ones that are doing well in interprovincials and in the All Ireland series. And like that's only would I be right in saying two in a row for Dunboyne in the Mead Lady Senior? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So two in a row. So like they're still, you know, a quite a young team, like and you know, come back to me in maybe two or three years' time where they could have won four or five in a row that's when they'll be saying to themselves, okay, we need to win in All-Ireland or wherever it may be. It was a huge achievement to knock Fox Cab off their part, you know, in Leinster. So I'd imagine the next thing is knock Moore Abbey off their part. And look, they've plenty of time to do it. Obviously, they'll still have to win a highly competitive Mead Championship, but that'll be their goal every year where you see it in other counties you know, and you see it off in 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 the in the male side, you know, with the likes of say Wolf Tones and you know Retort or Simon. You know, it's so hard to win a championship. You're not even contemplating Leinster, where Dunboyne can set their sights on that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, at I, I think Dunboyne probably have had their sights on it for a couple of years now, and um, it's up to the other teams and me to who have been ultra competitive, the likes of Central Town and. Old Castle down through the years, Dunshockland are an up and coming side to try and really challenge Dunboyne Mead. It's not going to be easy because if you look down through the age profile like that Dunboyne team, you know, they're probably in their early 20s. So that suggests they're going to be around for a while to come yet. But um, I look at, I think Brendan Quinn will be thrilled with what he's achieved with that team this year. And ultimately, they'll look to try and go on further next year. But more Abbey, I can't see them being stopped, to be honest with you. They, they look like an awesome outfit. Yeah, and look, best of luck to them in the final. Uh, they're a very strong outfit. On to the Camogie then, Davy and mixed fortunes. We had a win in the intermediate quarterfinal and a loss in the junior quarterfinal with Clemesson beating Afina on 18 points to one goal. But Dunree fell to Port Leash on a scoreline of 115 
to 2-7, so a five-point win for Port Leash. So mixed reactions on the Camogie front, but you know, you've Kilmes and still flying the flag for, for me, ladies. Yeah, that's some scoreline, isn't it? To just limit your opposition to just a goal on the on the day, unbelievable stuff. But 18 points is decent scoring this time of year. They've had an awful long break from the time in which they won the championship to this now. They've had to kind of stew over that for the last four to six weeks. Um, thankfully, it wasn't to their detriment. They have a bit of county class and the likes of uh, Nadil, Nadine Doyle, sorry, and um, of course, Megan Thine in, in the ranks as well. So, you know, they're a strong outfit. They've dominated in Mead for the last number of years, with the exception of one year where Nafina got them uh, on the hop. But since then, they've been eye on flawless. They'll go forward. Drumree, a wee bit disappointed. Um, very competitive. Nothing really in that game throughout, but just missed out in the end. Um, they look to progress next year as they go forward. But um, yeah, Kilmessen are, are still are still the top dogs. Yeah, I looked at the semi-final to look forward. Unfortunately for Drumree, they don't. Then on to Sunday, Davy, and you know how brilliant it is. Lens of success for a Mead Club team where Trim beat Clara on a scoreline of 115 to 28 in Par Talton on Sunday and claiming the Leinster Intermediate Football Championship. Um, the third Mead team to do it in the last six years, is it? Yeah, and, and fourth in all, I think Wolf Tones were the first to do it back in the mid-noughties, but uh, Mead have had great success there, Al, as you mentioned, and it's kind of coincided with the teams going up and really kind of establishing themselves at senior. We've seen what Column Kills and, in particular, Retoat have done in more recent times um, in the senior ranks. So that'll be the sort of challenge laid down to trim when they do eventually um, finish off their their uh, All-Ireland campaign now, as it's going to be in a couple of weeks' time when they play the Common side. But Overall, it was an outstanding game of football. They were thoroughly deserving winners. They they made it hard for themselves. Possibly, you could argue that the referee also made it hard for them at different stages. Um, they were down to 13 men towards the end. You know, two red cards, a straight red for Alan Douglas, which looked uh, extremely harsh. Haven't seen it firsthand. Jerry Duan walked the line for a yellow and a black, or sorry, two yellows. A, no, it was a yellow and a black. Um, Mikey Cullen spent 10 minutes in the sin bin for... Uh, telling the referee what he thought of one of the decisions. And, uh, you know, Clara weren't angels either. They had a red card too. And the game ebbed and flowed. Trim looked the better side throughout. But Clara had an ability of, I suppose, getting goals at real opportune times to get themselves back into it. But what they didn't have is is Aaron Lynch. And what's more is they didn't have a player that was able to stifle Aaron Lynch. Um, they left Kieran Doyle on him for the day. And Aaron Lynch ran amok. It was it was probably his best performance all year, and he's had some some nice ones. Um, George Plunkett will be delighted to hear that the the vouchers are still going out, or else he would have been uh, he would have been in tonight or tomorrow night to collect his latest one. But one seven for him on the day, he was outstanding. And do you know what, Trim Trim deserved their success. You can argue that you know it's been a long time coming and all that, but the way in which they've I suppose embraced the Leinster Championship after what they did in Mead last year was outstanding and. You know, All-Ireland success, I think they were quoted as 22-1 to 1 before a ball was kicked for All-Ireland glory um, after winning the Mead Senior Champion or Mead Intermediate Championship. They're, they're not 22-1 to 1 anymore. Yeah, and look, as you said, I, I think I know someone that has money on them at 22-1. to 1. Do you know him? Yeah, there, there's a few boys, actually. <laughs> a few of the Balnebracchi lads are on it because uh, we might come to that in a few minutes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and look, come here, like... Uh, as it's well documented, this that was uh, Trim's 18th win in a row, and you know it's it's what confidence does, and 
you know, going into a, an, an All Ireland semi final against the Roscommon champions who won Connacht last week, you know, you'd be saying to yourself, like, why not go all the way? And, you know, they're, they're a very, very good team. And kind of what we were speaking on with Dumboyne and that, like, you know, the, the disappointment of 2019 losing to Narbor and 2020 losing to Balnebracchi, you know, beating Oldcastle this year and then, you know, getting across the line. It's funny, like, if someone said, like, they hadn't won a trophy in how long and they're after winning a corner boyne, they're after winning... Uh, a media intermediate championship and I'd rather win the Leinster intermediate championship so now they're doing it what, what it's like to win trophies and like I, I wouldn't be brave enough to back against them to win in All-Ireland No I, I don't think so they're, they're going to come up against the Murtas though from Roscommon who are you know obviously county class so that's going to be a big step up in class no doubt but I, I think it goes back to the, the whole thing with media intermediate winners and I'm not trying to pick and choose what I'm saying here but if you look at the teams that have comprehensively won their finals and I'll actually throw Gail Colm Kill in that bracket back in 2013 or yeah 2013 I think it was you throw Ratoth, Colm Kills and Trim teams don't normally win championships like that particularly finals you don't go into a final and absolutely cakewalk it you know Trim have done, are the latest team to do that now and that means they're, they're probably better than just you know your sort of average intermediate winners in a county and they've they've proven that in Leinster. They've been presented with really different different sort of challenges and um instances throughout the course of the campaign. I'm not saying discipline is an issue because I don't think they're a dirty team by any manner of means. I think they've been unfortunate in this in a couple of occasions. But you know what? Maybe a couple of years ago, Alan, against the likes of Nauber or Balnebracchi, if that same sort of instant happened, they'd have crumbled but not anymore you know they've shown great maturity to deal with these scenarios and keep their cool in the face of real adversity and they were every bit as good as the the three-point win suggests over Clara who themselves have senior um, championship winning form over the last 10 years and have obviously dropped down in more recent times but they're a good side too um trim trim were just a better side on the day did Clara come into Park Talton on a private jet from Shane Larry? Well, well, Brian just the most? Brian Gavin came in with them, so uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I don't think he was he was he was all for the referees' decisions early on, and then he seemed to turn his uh, thing. No, I think they had a bus there. No, there was no <laughs> Shane Larry on the day, but uh, they, they had a couple of awfully senior footballers, you know, as well. And um, Trim, don't, Trim actually don't like we we don't know will a couple of them get called in by Andy when the campaign eventually ends. Um, but Trim don't have any, you know, senior mead footballers at this point. They have four or five senior hurlers who probably Nick Weir is cursing behind it all. You know, this this campaign is going on and he might miss them for another few weeks. But ultimately, those fellas, the likes of Toher and, and Douglas, um, Luke Moore and Kieran O'Rourke, they, they were outstanding, you know, on the day, as well as, well as the likes of Lynchy and the usual suspect, Mikey Cullen and, and Rob Burke. Yeah, and like as, as what you said, Davy, you know, to win a Leinster intermediate success is no easy matter. And it does really take a good team to do it. Like when you look at, say, Ratoth in 15, I think it was, Column Kills in 16, and now Trim in 2021. And we've seen obviously what Ratoth have done in senior. Column Kills have held their own. You know, some would say they should do better, but like, you know, ultimately they're still there. Where you look back to the early part of the decade, you had Nobber who got to a Leinster final beaten back down to intermediate. You had St. Ultons who actually got to a Leinster final. 
They're yeah. down in junior, and you had Ballon Law who got to the final in 2014, losing to Sean O'Mahony's, and they're down in junior as well. So, like, to win the Leinster, you know, it, it, it'll give them that platform for senior next year, and there's not too many teams that will want to face Trim in the Mead Senior Championship next year. No, and, and look, maybe they're they're hoping that Trim will keep going as, as long as they possibly can because the seasons might sort of merge into each other. I do think they'll need a little bit of a break when eventually all is said and done, um, even if they're to sacrifice their cup campaign, albeit it's going to be a fresh cup campaign. And you'd imagine Kevin would probably want them in that, you know, to test themselves against other senior clubs at that point. But look, we'll just have to wait and see on that because they're... Uh, they're still going strong. They have a game now in two weeks and they'll be hoping to, who knows, get to an All-Ireland final in two weeks after that. Yeah. Um, best of luck to Trim in the All-Ireland semi-final against, what is it, St. Fate, Fate Leaks? How do you pronounce yeah. it? I, I, I leave it to you, Al. You I think it's St. Fate Leaks of Roscommon. Yeah, they beat St. Anna's, uh, Nirvana of Galway. Uh, so best of luck to Trim. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Okay, Davey, so we're going to take a little look back at uh, some of last week's Loyal Royal podcasts. Um, I'm a Loyal Royal myself. I pay the subscription every month. Anyone who's not, I highly recommend it. You know, high-quality content. For just five dollars a month, is it five? I think it's five dollars. I don't know. It comes out first of every month. Yeah, I think I think it's it, to pay for Mickey's operation. That's where all the money is uh, gone this month. Al. <laughs> uh, he is the he is the claim in against the the GAA anyway for it. He's putting it on their time, so he is. But uh, no, it's definitely well worth the, the the subscription fee alone. You know, you get up to fifteen to twenty episodes a month uh, exclusively. Um, you do get this free podcast as well is on it as well so it's you know you can listen to all in the one place and I suppose one that you touched on last week uh, Davey was the managerial merry-go-round and it's it's quite the list this year uh, as I know our own club have changed managers for the first time in what seven years seven eight years so I suppose do you want to go through some of the the big ones for people that you know haven't listened into the merry-go-round last week or the podcast last week and give them a few and you know if you have any extra ones you could add them in I suppose like like you say you were in and out early you only hopped on the merry-go-round for a very brief time Alan for the first time in seven years and he's, uh, he's got Luke Dempsey on board which was an excellent appointment I think um, the likes of Colin Kills I think very shrewd in getting Sean Barry and Sean Kelly in on a joint management ticket for next year of course, David Brady is going to bring a lot of noise and uh, interest to what Retolt are about next year. Of course, his predecessor in Retolt, um, heading to screen as well. Um, that should be a fascinating appointment there with uh, Davy Byrne going to screen, having done a little bit of a stint in Westmead this year or just last year. So th- that's probably the, the maybe the highlights of the senior ones. Um, I know there's a couple more that 
we have to add from last week and Rory Murphy is going to be going to Curraha. So that's the last of the senior clubs to get sorted. Rory Murphy, who is uh, uh, good credentials as well. He's been involved at county level with a couple of different uh, teams and he, he will certainly go in and he'll have his hands full. But, you know, Curraha seem to find a way every year to get themselves safe and that'll be the task, no doubt, presented with him. The Dunsany job is a well sought after job, Alan, and um uh, this is not official yet as of when we're recording it, but I believe the appointment of John Rafferty and James McNally is really, really close and unsaney. Um, of course, they won the junior championship only a couple of years ago with Beliver um, since stepped aside after a decent year in intermediate with Beliver this year. And it looks like they've uh, got to the top of the list in Dunsany to lead them into junior next year and try and get them over the line yet again. They were... Uh, they fell at the final hurdle once again this year, but um, if, ever, if if there's two guys that can go in and galvanise a team and win a championship, particularly at junior level, I know firsthand these these guys are the men. Yeah, and you know from from Dunsany's point of view, you kind of say to yourself like you know you need to get your your, your manager wrapped up asap because with everybody else getting on board and getting wrapped up. You need to get in there and get them because I wouldn't say you'd be left with the scraps because, you know, there's always managers out there. There's always someone new, like, you know, looking at even the list that, that that's, that's this year. You know, you have a lot of first-time managers there as well, which will be very, very interesting. Um, <clears throat> in the likes to say the Castletown job, Aidan Young taking that job. You know, I know I know Aidan well enough uh, from his time with the Mead Miners. And, you know, a very good coach as well. So I'd imagine Aidan will do well in his own home club. Uh, and then you have the likes of Newtime, um, you know, Paul McManus going to Rakenny again, another fella I know well. And, you know, to come from, you know, go from Trabara then over to Rakenny as well, you know, it's brilliant for him. First time manager and a big job to get for your first time in, in, in manager. Yeah, absolutely. And don't you know well what the what the first round draw is going to be next year, Alan, when it when it's made in a few months' time. But look at that's we've seen this in years gone by. Um managers who take teams who are in the same grade as your home club. That's just part of the kind of disclaimer you sign when you when you make that decision. But that will be an interesting one. Is there is there anyone else that stands out to you at senior level, intermediate or junior that, that maybe takes an interest to you? Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if Navin O'Mahony's are drawn against Trim in the first round of the championship yeah. this year and Darren Fay managing uh, Navin O'Mahony's. That was quite a surprise. Now, I have to admit, when I seen Darren Fay taking over the, the Navin O'Mahony's team, because <clears throat> who, who was the last team that Darren was? was, was it was Manalvi, I think, was it? Manalvi, was it? Yeah, but yeah. That, was a, that was a short stint as well. So, you know, it's, it's a big job for, for Darren Fay as well because, uh, you know, as we know, Navin O'Matney's winning a relegation playoff. Definitely, you know, are too big of a club to be in a relegation playoff or, or a senior, but that's how easy it can happen, Davy. You know, things can go wrong for you in a year and that senior championship is so cutthroat. And the fact that, you know, toward from bottom, I don't know if they're still going to do that next year or this year, but toward from bottom being in a, in a relegation playoff, you know, it just shows, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, like, look, they've had inside men with Davy Nelson and Kevin Riley for the last couple of years. Maybe they feel now is the time to go out and get an outside man, but a, a well-respected and sort of household name in Mead that can get a tune out with them. It'll be a very interesting appointment. I think Darren was involved possibly 
might have been with Kevin. It could have been with Tomaso Flatterter or someone a couple of years ago, maybe with Navin Amatni. So he's in there on his own uh, merits now. So it'll be very interesting to see how they go. Um, and yeah, wouldn't it be great if, if they got trim in the first round, my word. There's a couple of sort of games that are almost lined up to happen and you just wouldn't be at all surprised if they if they do. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. I think Longwood, to the best of my knowledge, might be the only club that maybe are still on the merry-go-round looking desperately for someone, not just to do the football, but also to do the hurling. You, you wouldn't be interested in doing an old dual coaching, you know? Hey, do you want to come with me? <laughs> you do the hurling. <laughs> so which was the take of the hurling? Um, but uh, I actually like the concept of Longwood, you know, looking for a dual manager. I know a couple of clubs do it. And, you know, because it's the, it's the, the same players playing both codes, it's, it's actually quite a good number for someone like there has to be someone out there Sean Boylan would, be, would they give Sean Boylan a ring he'd be the ideal man for it yeah absolutely he'd get a tune out of them alright but it, look at it is it's a sort of specialised job in the sense that yeah there wouldn't be every every sort of fellow out there would interest him but with the crossover in which they have and, and the probably low pool of players at their disposal you know I think that's probably one that maybe makes a bit more sense yeah, and you know, speaking of uh, last week's Loyal Royals, what you have to look forward to this this week is two reviews. So we have the Trim v Clara review, review coming up, and we have interviews with uh, Trim manager Kevin Riley. We have Trim captain Alan Douglas as well, and we have a joint interview with Owen O'Connor, Kieran O'Rourke, and James Toher. So you have that to look forward to, and you also have the review of the Mead versus Wexford O'Born Cup game that took place last week in Ashburn. And we have a reaction from manager Andy McEntee after that game. So sign up, pay your subscription, and you'll get to listen to them to Super Podcast. So, Debbie, the lotto updates for the week. Um, just as we want the lotto updates, I actually don't think I sent in mine into the group. But so you can I've, you can let us know. Has it been one? <laughs> it hasn't been one, any at all. If it was one. I'd have let you know and go on, call out yours and I'll try and find it here. Uh, yeah, the, the, the first one up is from uh, Jelly, who normally goes to Mickey. He was disappointed he didn't get the call to host the show this week, Al. He, he's going to have a word with you separately on that, but uh, um, he's he's thankfully sent in his lotto results. And there was actually a winner out in Simonstown. Their 7,500 euro jackpot was won last week on the 14th of January by Oren Callan. The winning numbers were 2620 and 31 and they'll kickstart again this friday night with a thousand euro of a jackpot there um the chocolate and royal gales are still going they had no jackpot winner of uh surprise surprise from last week Um, it's thirteen thousand euro currently reserve is at thirteen thousand second reserve of five thousand two hundred uh they had five uh match three winners who collect 40 euro each Geraldine Boyle, Peter Casey, Heidi Carty, and Sally Coffey. Not one, but two did Sally win. So she must have either duplicated her numbers or she must have been desperately unlucky and had two different sets of three numbers. That'd be awful luck. Four, six, 16, and 26, the numbers there. Manalvi GFC, 21, 25, 26, and 28 were the winning numbers from last week. Needless to say, no jackpot winner. Three 20 euro winners were Howard, uh, uh, Sean Deering, and Geraldine Ash. The next draw takes place uh, tonight, Monday at uh, 8 p.m. And you can play that one on manalvgfc.e or on the Club Force app. Uh, Ball and Lock, next in, 4,800 euro of a jackpot. The letters drawn were P, R, U, and V. No jackpot winner. 
Next draw takes place on the 24th of January. The winner of the match three was Emer Walsh, and she collects 100 euro. Um, St. Colm Kills, GFC, the numbers for week number 725, to be precise, uh, of St. Colm Kills Lotto were 3, 8, 20, and 23. They had no jackpot winner. Uh, 50 euro winners are as follows. Jacko Kyogen, Alverno House, Des Morgan, um, and next week's jackpot is at 8,800 euro. Oldcastle GFC, it's currently capped at 12,000, and you can play that one on the Club Force app. Castletown GFC, numbers drawn were 3, 8, 26, and 27. 5,000 euro jackpot with no winner. Uh, the lucky dip winners were Anne Young, Mark Kelly, Liam Bellew, Dolores Morris, and Geraldine Carroll. Cortown, uh, my own Cortown GFC, 7,500 euro jackpot was not won. The numbers drawn were 1, 12, 30, and 32. Uh, we had five. Um, 20-year winners who are Noel and Rosie Linsky, Anne Farnan, Margaret Kerrigan, Anne Walsh, and the one and only Jimmy Farrell. Uh, the jersey winner was the Dempsey Boys. That was the Mead Ladies commemorative jersey um, from 2021. 7,600 euro this Friday night at in forward slash lotto. Dunsany next in, 5, 11, 13, and 22. Uh, they had one match three winner who was Liz Kennedy, and she'll collect 150 quid. Next jackpot is at 10,000 and it's Saturday the 22nd. You can play at Dunsany Lotto or in the Kilmesson Centre or Post Office or via the Club Force app. Navinomatnis, 5, 7, 9 and 31 were the winning numbers. Uh, match three winners on the night were Kiro O'Brien, Jerry Lynn and Jacinta Marr. 11,450 on the 18th, which is uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday. Uh, Kuraha. 6,000 euro uh, jackpot was not won. They had one match three winner who collects a lovely 300 euro. That must be the biggest uh, match three um, winner in, in the county. Carrie Duffy, uh, so fair play to her. Uh, 5, 16, 17 and 19 were the numbers there. Minolte from Sunday night was at 15,000. The reserve increases by 200 every week and it's currently sat at 11,000. 400 draws close every Sunday at 8 p.m. They have a special online prize of 50 euro for uh, online entries only. You can play that one at Club Force. Kilmainham is at 9,100 every Monday night. And the final one on my list, Alan Tormey, is from Town GFC. It takes place every um, Monday night and it's currently at 10,000 euro. And then the last one, the Gale. Um, numbers drawn were 8, 13, 15 and 30. There was no winner of the jackpot of 12,000, which is capped. And the rollover jackpot, I think, is at about nearly 9,000 now. It's it's nearly going on as long as the National Lottery one, although that was one, so maybe this one will be one. We had one who matched three numbers, and it was Sean Drew. So the draw takes place every Thursday, and you can buy your tickets at gailcolumnkill.ie. Davey, just uh, that's that's a lot of roundup. Anyway, um, I know you out in Carton, you're running a little uh, your your GAA predictions once again this year. Do you want to give us a little plug on it? Yeah, so we've we've set up our We Are Mead League. Um, it's very simple. So you go in every week, 
Um, you predict the games from Division 1, 2, 3 and 4. You get points for each one. You can pick a home, away or a draw. Uh, the highest number of points by any player wins 100 euro every week. We have 200 euro in prize money every week to give away. But you have an option to set up little leagues. So if you want to set up, say, again, Column Kill League, you set up Gail Column Kill, give the code to the guys, they can join it. But we do one every year, what we are made for any of the podcast listeners. Um, so for anybody doing it, you can go on to gapredictions.com. When you're filling out your predictions, there's an option to join a league. If you just click We Are Mead, which should be a drop-down option, you will join the league. We have um, a Trevor Giles retro jersey uh, to give away to the winner. So whoever tops that league after the seven rounds will uh, collect the jersey. And who knows, you might win a few quid along the way as well. There's a special option. You can play the seven rounds for 20 quid. Uh, so get in there early. The deadline is Saturday week for that one. So uh, with me, that with the O'Brien Cup now, you have no excuse not to get your picks in at this stage. But um, that's that, Alan. So hope to see you there. Ah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> I love doing it. It's a, it's a great bit of crack and it gives you a bit of interest uh, throughout the league, uh, you know, picking it every week. And, I've gone close but never kind of got into kind of top five I've done well in weeks and you know you have to be brave enough I know Mickey loves a draw so he does yes yeah. love sitting on the fence that fella yeah but you, but it, I still think though if you can nail a draw in any of them weeks it gives you that big yeah big uh, push into winning a week but uh, no I'll, I'll definitely be in and I, I, I'll send the link around and see if we can get an old Gale column kill do I tell you the size now that I am in that Trevor Giles? <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to have to fit into the large one, Al. I already have it yeah. ordered, so uh, yeah. Is it a comfort fit? Well, I think the last time you won something with the podcast, I think it went straight to AJ, so we, we might have to do something similar for this one. Yeah, if you can get one with a kangaroo pouch in it, I'll take it. <laughs> right, uh, so moving on to our, our last segment there, uh, Davey, and it's the the greatest part of the show and it's the Instagram interactive and I assume you've you've a few to this week we have plenty uh, this week Al yeah and it kind of hinges I suppose partly on trim success but we have a different one uh, to start with from Tom O'Connor and he just said Aaron Lynch the best forward in the county um, hard to disagree with that Al I'd say at this moment in time yeah like look I don't know you don't know but if he's not brought into a mead setup, I know nothing about football, and well, a lot of people probably say I do don't tell you. But you know, if there's one thing that I think Mead are missing is a free taker, Davy, and he can definitely slot them over from anywhere on the ground out of his hands. And you know, when you do look back at the at the weekend at the Mead game, uh, you know, you had three different free takers. Uh, in Jordan Morris, Shane Walsh and Killian O'Sullivan last week in leash you had Thomas O'Reilly taking them imagine having Aaron Lynch you know just sit, sitting in the corner he'd be well able to get his own score and then have the uh, the, the confidence to take the freeze because he definitely had the confidence we would so I think it's a no-brainer from my point of view Yeah I, I'd agree with that Joe McQueenie's actually asked the question and he said do we know if Lynchy will be on the mead panel once Trimmer finished up we don't Um but, but I know as of um, Sunday evening, when the game concluded, he wasn't on the media panel. So unless things materialise and something changes between now and then, I suppose the success of Trim probably isn't helping him in that sense because their, their semi-final of the All-Ireland is the same weekend me kick off their Alliance League campaign. So 
you know, if it is a thing that he joins two or three weeks after that, he's going to miss a sizable bulk of the league. But look, at I'd be with you. I think it's only a matter of time, whether it's this year or next year, he's going to get his opportunity. And uh, to me, he's definitely good enough because he's been doing it consistently, you know, on a on a game-to-game basis for the last three years. Yeah, and if he doesn't, look, he is senior football now this year. He'll definitely go out and prove himself in that. And once he goes out and prove himself in senior football, It'll definitely be a no-brainer next year. But I look, I'd love to see him brought in, even if he doesn't get any game time, get him in around the squad. And you know, this will be in-house games. You'll definitely see how good he is then. Yeah. Uh, this is be an interesting one that you might uh, have a feeling disagree with. But Carl Fleming said trim for the Keegan in 2022. I'm honest, I I, <laughs> I would see not no reason why not. The Mead Senior Football Championship it has been so wide open in the last couple of years. I honestly think, you know, a team coming up with confidence, right, you know, you would say no because it's easy to say no. But, you know, you, you never know what it, depending on the group you get. You get out of a group and you're three games away and, you know, they know how to win now. So, they've, they've, they've seen your hurling. You know, players, I know it's totally different, but they have, they have a lot of players on that team that have senior experience so right it might be with a small ball but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out anyway yeah yeah no for sure uh, Sean McDonagh uh, has a couple of ones the first one in he says hard luck to the Numboyne ladies they've had a great year yeah and like as we touched on earlier uh, they'll they'll not feel any bad about what happened right scoreline probably doesn't reflect their season as a whole but overall you know Mead senior champions Leinster champions They'll be they'll they'll sleep tonight, and yeah, yeah, very much. So he also said, Kieran Caulfield has a great engine and exceptional pace. Yeah, yeah, one of the one for the future as well. And look, you're talking about Aaron Lynch. He's another guy. You know, mm. I I look he more than like I have seen him in and about the mid under twenties, but like he's definitely one that you know could slot in there at wing back for Mead or wing forward. Um. He was an excellent minor uh, last year on the on the team that won the Leinster, yeah. and you know it's only going to be a matter of time for it will be only a matter of time before he's called in with Mead. Yeah, very much so. Uh, disappointed note if the, if there's a bit of truth in this from Mark Crawley, and he said the TG Cahar film crew in our cat to film Tommy Fields Laker Gale following his recent retirement. Oh, cheers! I didn't know Tommy retired, or is that all fibs? I'm sure he'd like a crack at the intermediate now next year. I was just going to say, I'd say the knee bandage will be worth some some amount of money in a few years' time, Alan, if it goes to auction. They're going to auction be out in the New York banquet, so it is, and it's, it's going to be like the Gucci's uh, retirement one. Um, uh. what, what a servant he's been, though. Like, you know, in, in fairness to him, if, if, the, if that is to be true, which I'd hope it's not, he... I think he's in his early to mid thirties now, and Jesus, he's still he's still well capable of coming on and influencing the game in a meaningful way, I suppose. I'd imagine he'll take a crack at the intermediate, especially after sticking around so long and taking so long to win a, a, a you know a me junior championship. You know, even if it's only be to be there, and which I I don't think he will be because he'd be, he'd be well able for it. But um, I've graced the field with Tommy as well. He played us in the B League Division Five a couple of years ago. I think Bubble Balf, I think just has. He only let him out of his pocket there not so long ago, but it's, <laughs> he bubble his big pockets anyway. So uh, he did well to fit him in. <laughs> He's a big yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Alan, uh, Alan Mack says, I hope the referee in the Trim Clara game isn't on a deadline to write his report. I believe that might be a bestseller for next Christmas if it gets out in time, Al. Plenty of cards, anyway. You know, he has to send. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he has the red, <laughs> uh, yellow and black bubble emojis here as well to, to back that up. It's not, a, it's not a Belgium or a German flag, no. It, it's very like it. <laughs> um, yeah, but like what? So you had three reds and oh, some of them blacks, yellows. <laughs> yeah, oh Jesus, there was an awful heap of them there, to be honest with you. Like Trim at one stage, when Mikey Cullen not come back, they would have been down to 12 men at that point, you know, and um, all, all credit to them really for pulling through in that sort of scenario. But uh, Robert Perfield said Trim with the greatest streak since The Undertaker at WrestleMania. They could beat it yet. What, what did Taker do? Was it 21? Oh, 20 something, yeah. Yeah. Did he did he ever get beaten? There's oh, he did. He, need, did. There's he we, did. There's where you need jelly. jelly I was, was going to say Barry Farley and, and Cole. Well, well, well the, the both of them, the both of them would be the same now. Jelly be probably a slightly bigger fan than the two of them, I'd imagine. Uh, they used to love their WrestleMania feast. Uh, they'd, they'd go over to Barry Farley's and watch the WrestleMania and get a big feast out with the chipper and Chinese around the town. But, uh, Jelly, you tell you now how long that streak is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Noel Brady wants to know, did the Jordan Morris transfer go through yesterday? Apparently it was D-Day for... I, I actually think it's this week. Um, now, I've heard some contrasting sort of... I don't know if you've heard that now, but I, I've heard some reports that he's likely to maybe stay in Nobber now. Um, I know this week is the, the final decision on it, but I, I heard some more kind of optimistic sounds from Nobber in the last couple of days. Oh, I, I've actually heard the opposite. Okay, so right, right. And this is kind of like on, on the rumour we heard during the week where it was totally conflicting from what you heard and what I heard. Now, we won't actually mention that on the, on the podcast, but I've actually heard that, you know, yes, it's going this week, but I heard that it's it's quite strong that it is going to go ahead. Now, I read an article in the anglo Celt to say that it's very much 50-50, but from what I've heard and speaking to actually a, a lad that's from Kingscourt, and he reckons it's more 70, 30, 80, 20 that he will get it. So, so clear as mud anyway. Well, I'm saying it's not going to happen in your thing. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah, you know, but it, it can't be good for him as well, I suppose, and you know, it's good that I suppose it didn't let him affect him last week. He, he you know, he had a good first half uh, against uh, Wexford. But like, I know it's supposed to get sorted next week, but you need to get that put to bed by the, the Galway game because yeah. he's going to be very important for the Galway game. I know, absolutely. It can't be good for him and, and obviously not good for the clubs in question as well. Look, obviously, we'd, we'd sort of both like to see him staying in Nobber, I think, you know, um, with our sort of meat tinted glasses on and, you know, putting yourself in their shoes. He'd be a massive loss to, to any club, but in particular a club that maybe is has been struggling as of late. Um, Sean Murphy just said Harry Hogan is a very good goalkeeper. Yeah, that's that's another interesting one, Davey. Um, like looking back week, you had Andy Colgan in goals for the for the Leash game and Harry Hogan in goals for the Wexford game. What did you think between you've seen you've seen both of them now? I know. I think Harry made a, did he make a couple of slight mistakes or something like that on, on Saturday? I actually read the report to say that he, he made a couple of slight mistakes. Well, he made one terrific save actually in the second half, which was to stop a, or was at the end of the first half, to stop a certain goal. It was a tremendous uh, save, to be honest with you, at full stretch. Um, yeah, it looked all right. You know, a few few small errors will, will kick out from that. But 
I, I think he's a good goalkeeper. You have to remember, I mean, he's only played, I think that's only a second or third start for me um, in all, you know, and I know it kind of feels like he's around, he is around the panel a couple of years now, but he's still lacking a little bit of experience. He's a young man and stuff as well. And I think he'll get better. Um, to me, he probably, at the minute, he's probably number one, I would say, based on what we've seen. Um, but you know the way it is with goalkeepers, you know, it's, it's that sort of position that, you know, if you don't sort of nail it down or you make a couple of errors, you could just as quickly find yourself, you know, sitting on the line. But to me, he's done nothing drastically wrong to, to have that number one jersey taken off him. Yeah, and it, look, it's been well documented. Um, it's it's been one of the struggles that Andy has had over the last past couple of years. You know, uh, you know, up in eleven or twelve goalkeepers. You know, one of them who is now a selector. You know, mm. and it'll be interesting to see who actually will be in between the sticks come the first round of the league in Galway. Yeah, very much so. Um, a couple from Lucky to be working, aka David Ferris. I don't know if you follow him on the. Instagram, uh, Alan. It's uh, it's an entertaining watch. If you don't, if you don't get on it, um, he is. He, sorry, he only is one. He said the Mead hurlers need some encouragement, lad. Yeah, look, uh, and I, I I get where he's coming from. I suppose probably what didn't help the weekend was that there was a massive game in Park Talton with you know uh, Trim versus Clara, and they did clash in the time wise. And but look, I suppose from a spectator's point of view, the game was moved to Dungani. It was free admission, so anyone could go and watch them if they wanted, you know. So that was very important. Like they could have easily slapped a, a you know, a tenor admission fee or even whatever yeah. on onto it, and they didn't. Like you know, they tried to encourage as many people to go to it. Um, but you know, as the season goes on, you know, and with this with the split weeks, they, they should get plenty of encouragement. For sure. Um, Finn Hamrat, he said, Dunshockin getting back to senior in twenty twenty two. Well, you'd imagine they'd be favourites, but you know, everyone knows the intermediate is probably the hardest championship to win and probably the most exciting championship. You know, if they think they're going to come down and you know get straight back up, they'll have a, they'll, they'll they'll have their work cut out. Like, yes, they'll be favourites. It'd be interesting to see what what kind of price you get on them, but you know, it's just not as easy as that. No, very much so. Jamie Flatterty said, Rispin on the dodgy box, bad enough him on the podcast. Because you on Bio, Bio Sport, was it? Yeah, I think you must have got that in the dodgy box. You nearly lost your uh, old vice box as well, did you again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was getting excited as, as, as usual, but uh, surprised at all a good citizen like Jamie Flatterty be paying his, um, paying his license fee or whatever, but... He's obviously availing the dodgy box over in Dalik. Um, that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> uh, Simon Finn, um, getting a little bit personal with this one, and he said the smell of intermediate football off Dunshockland. Oh dear, that's probably a little bit of a cut. He's probably, they're probably still a little bit upset after the under twenty final uh, over yeah. in Ballinabracky, which I was at, and Clonard Ballinabracky definitely. Left that one behind, uh, but you know it was Tra- Dunshockland who who nipped it in the end, and they'll take that bit of confidence, I suppose, going into the intermediate next year. Yeah, trim captain Alan Douglas said the smell of Mikey Cullen in Navan, no water in trim. I have no comment to say on that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, Shawnee Fitzgerald said veteran. Uh, Devin Dowling's first Leinster. I think he's referring to Declan Dowling, the 24-year-old veteran for Trim. 
Yeah, yeah, but sure, look, if he's, he, I, I've heard you on with this uh, loads of times uh, about, about the veteran, you know, um, but look, he'd be happy with, you know, a medium intermediate medal and a Leinster intermediate medal in his ass pocket now. Yeah, I think he'd sign off now, a happy man. He could probably retire now. Is he, is he going to retire? Oh, I see, but well, I don't know. Uh, lucky to be working his back again. And this is an interesting one. I haven't got any more um, meat on the bones of this one, but he said Paddy Brady's transfer from Blackhall Gales to Minute Hams now. Possibly Paddy Brady, I think a former Mead minor, wasn't he back in his day? Um, great fullback for Blackhall Gales down through the years. That'd be a, a bit of a shock transfer if he does leave for Minute. It's only a tip across the the, the 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 county borderline, so I know there'd be strong relations, I suppose, over kind of Minute, Kilcock, Blackhall, you know, Bacon, or Barristan, all that kind of area. So, yep, yeah. um, there's a couple here from John Kelly. The first saying Jordan Morris picked up an injury at the weekend. Any news on will he be fit for the Galway game? I think he will. I think it was only a, a slight knock, so I think he'll be just fine for, for two weeks' time. He also said that Jordan Morris reminds him of Ollie Murphy. Would love to see uh, Morris, Walsh, and Lynch as Meade's full forward line. That would be a decent full forward line, Alan. That be some full forward line, and I assume he's not on about Ollie Murphy's hair when he says the, the comparisons because Jordan has a, a lovely head of curls. Where Ollie, well, Ollie did have a lovely head of curls back in the day, so yeah, maybe so. They materialized um, fairly quickly, though, didn't they? Oh, they did, yeah, but his footballing skills didn't. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Luke Mahan says Balnebracky boy's gone awful quiet lately. That must be in relation to the trim feud. I, I think a few of the Balnebracky lads indulged as well at three to one and, and trim duly obliged for Leinster glory. So maybe that's why they're not just getting stuck into them as much recently. But that's the right way to do it. Like, you know, back trim as well. And at least then they can revel in trim success as well. So they've something yeah. to shout about as well. And it's probably you've often seen it and, you know, it's a, it's a win-win for them if they lose their money, trim lose. So... Either way, they're either going to make a few pound off trim or trim lose, and they don't have to get the slagging. Yeah, that's another one we wouldn't mind seeing next year in the senior Balabrakian trim. Ulton Blake is last in, and he's wondering when will the Mead fixture planner be issued? Um, there's nothing as of yet. I know there was kind of talks of uh, the, the cup competitions getting underway the first weekend of February, but apart from that, there's kind of Nothing like I can't imagine it's going to be majorly different than, than last year. Obviously, we're going to have the leagues back, which is going to be brilliant because you're going to have you know up on 10, 11, or 12 games and the league basis. Like Gail Colum Killer still the reigning division one champions from 2019. <laughs> like when you think about it, only uh, you know but, that, <laughs> yeah. But uh, oh, yeah, we, we still have the trophy, we still have to give the trophy back, uh, but um. Yeah, like, have you heard anything or? I, I look, I haven't heard anything about a plan or, or uh, fixtures. I think it is being finalized. What I do know is that I think clubs can prepare to play their first game on the 6th of February, and that's likely to be a cup game. I think the cup will be almost used as a sort of pre season uh, competition, a bit like the Oberon Cup, maybe the Intercounty, the league will then probably kick in in March. And that'll bring you right the way through to, to what July, you know, for championship. Um, and yeah, it's probably going to resemble similar to what maybe 2019 would have done before COVID came into play. So we'll, we'll just have to wait. There's no official word from the county board yet on that, but I'd say it's imminent. Can't wait. 
Yeah. Um, is that it then from Instagram? Ginny Al. Yeah, that's it for this no, week. Nothing from PS Tapes. No, <laughs> you picked up the Brennan line. Nothing from PS Tapes. I, no. I, I was in with his wife in Specsavers today buying glasses. And I specifically told her that I was hosting the podcast in Mickey's absence and I wanted something from PS Tapes. And she never came up with it now. It was her yeah. first day back after maternity leave. So Paddy must have had a busy day, mine and Hannah and ha- Harry. So, yeah, like I can't believe now. Like I, I, I waited. How long are we on here now? And I'm after waiting the whole podcast to wait and see what PS Tape sent in. Now. Well, that was the only reason you came on to the show, I think, in yeah. the first place. Really, right, I'm yeah. after, I'm after waiting so long, and he didn't even send that in. Nah, nah. I, 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 look at I, I think you can forget about him as much as he's a man. To be honest with Jalen. Uh, he's a good man, United man. Many's the trips to Manchester I had with the man. So Paddy's a good man. Um, any any other business, I suppose, Davey, or is no that that's it. Uh, that's it. Um, I think I think everyone's sort of back training and doing a bit now on themselves. And um, look, we should have a little bit more in the next few weeks between under twenties, obviously meet seniors, ladies. Uh, the clubs is going to kick off, so it, it's going to we'll take a breather for the next week or two. But it's going to be hell for leather then, Alan. Yeah, no bother, and forward to that. But that's it for another episode of the We Are Mead podcast. We are Mead, why it matters more.